welcome to Las Doctoras podcast. Led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer sun and moon with Pisces rising, mother of water. I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they, Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, Gemini rising, mother of earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma that is of white male and cis hetero supremacy, all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community. Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action. Come, sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud! Hello! Welcome, 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 everyone. So wonderful to have you be listening to us. Um, recent feedback on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has, yeah, like announcements. We should be saying we are in the actually kind of tail end of our uh, tent week writing course, Sacred Writing. It's going really well. We're really excited. We are <sighs> going to do it again in the fall, so September ish. So be on the lookout for that if you are interested in taking our sacred writing course. I think that, um, like, what are the gems that have come out this this time around? I think really, like, um, articulating what our writing process is and giving credit to a lot of the work that we do outside of, like, sitting and actually putting words to page, right? Like giving ourselves mm-hmm. space to imagine, giving ourselves space to be creative in other ways um, so that the writing comes from a much more, a place of joy versus, you know, a place of like anxiety around writer's block or those voices in our heads that say we're not good enough, really trying to reclaim our voice, trying to give full space to our full writing process. Yeah, I think um, for sure we've been able to spend more time on that and give, and which we which we always need for ourselves to like how much um, we work to set aside time to honor, to breathe, to step into our spiritual lives within the moment with our full selves, you know, bring our full selves. And I love that we've been able to do that which reminds me to draw a card. So I'm going to draw that as I say this. But the next thing I want to say is, I know, which we kind of forget sometimes as our to-do, to-doer selves, you know. I was going to say the other thing that I feel like has been a gem is having um, more of these one-on-ones. Um, and with, um, I will say, I feel like this time around, or there is a, I want to say a maturity. I don't want to speak to people's ages and stuff like that. But there is, like, I feel like we are really with, um, Ah, I don't know, with people who are of a, a variety of ages, you know, which is such a, and people who are, I think, in a time of life similar to us, too. Um, I, as I look back, I think, I know that they, those um, 
there's just more. I think there's just more of that. And so the one-on-ones and also um, I have been oh, just blessed and shocked and surprised. But the when people have read the writing they have done within our time together, I'm just like, holy mother, this is amazing. Like, you know, it seems like there is a real readiness, you know, to to step into a voice of, of an empowered voice. And yes, that comes from, I think, from their creativity and from joy, but also from rage and from pain. And I, and I appreciate that um, we've been able to see almost these births in group together. Um, it's such a blessing, such a blessing. And which brings us to our magazine as well. Um, we're in the yes. process of um putting together our our summer issue which um we're really excited about i've been you know we're welcoming some new contributors right somebody um we're gonna have a financial column uh we brought on somebody to do our tarot column bringing on somebody to do our querida lunita column um you know just kind of welcoming more people into that creative process and so I think I imagine by the time that this episode gets published, that will already be available to see the summer issue. We're getting the submissions in, which has been super cool to see where people are at in relation to our theme for the summer. Um, yeah, it just all, it all feels really, it all feels really good. I mean, that's a blessing too. I feel like they, they're just coming in and I'm just like, you yes you you know like you like oh i'm so there's so much just so much love and so much uh, a sense of privilege and holding space for the people in our community that are submitting you know and we're always like submit come on you can do it we're bringing you and i think that also brings us to our topic for today you know where we've been you know there's been so much going on with our public lives, right? Our our course and our magazine, and then also so much happening in our personal lives that it's kind of, I don't know, like 2020 was definitely a year, right? A year to remember, and it, it propelled us into this different stage. And 2021, I think, is there's still a lot of that, like, momentum of, like, pushing forward. But because there's so much going on in our personal lives, it's kind of like, it's def- there's a, it's a whirlwind. Like, literally, you know, and with the eclipse, what it was last week, like, it, it feels like there's just a lot of, of behind-the-scenes stuff happening. A lot. A lot. And I think our kids are getting older too right and so there is this new dynamic within education you know I think that we're we're encountering more I'm like let's 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 talk about it (laughs) yeah I love it I want to say the the card that I just drew from our oracle deck for children that it's forthcoming in some sometime very soon in the future ojala you know like um is the gratitude card and so it's two hands um together in that moment of you know presence and and gratitude for so much really um 
And as we talk about this, I just think um, I want to come back to this gratitude, I guess. Um, but I am grateful. I am grateful. But there and there and there is so much when we t- when, in this conversation today to talk about. Yeah. So our conversation today is centered around home, and I think the expansiveness of even what that is, like finding a literal physical home, but also I think, I think that what has, you know, there's been so much upheaval in, you know, in our lives and our personal lives. And what has grounded me is that I think for like Las Doctoras is a home as well, right? Is this home base for our work that feels like very dependable and very um, like, reliable you know that we can like call each other up and both talk work and life (laughs) and those things like blend together and ultimately the work that we're doing with Las Doctores is about being able to like you know live our lives according to our principles and like work not I mean what what am I trying to say (sighs) I'm just feeling so much emotion. I, what I'm, what I'm about to think, I mean, yes, like there is so, you're right. I am like this oddness around this, but our creative partnership, the, and the community and the support and the, you know, the exchange that we have is, is letting us step into some more places of, of, what we really want and need, you know, to name those things. And I, you know, I was, I'm kind of surprised. I, I know I need these things in order to, like, I'm always that person who, if I go to the a party with a comadre, like, I am much better. I am, like, much more myself, you know, like, than if I go by myself. And this is kind of one of those things I feel like you're, like, my, <laughs> my person, you know. And I am so grateful because it allows me and our work and this is to sustain and to then name, I didn't mean to rhyme, but what it is that we want, you know, and need for our families and to recognize that some things that we thought were wants were really needs, you know, and now that we have places of, we can come to this we have choice we have fucking choice Renee you know like there's something about that you know um I don't know if that's what you were saying but I I really feel when you're saying like what we thought were wants are actually needs I think if there was a theme or a motto for this last year I would say that's definitely it I think that we I think we're really starting to rethink the idea of yeah what you know there's what is a privilege in this life and the fact that those things should not be privileges they should be basic ways of living right and so to be able to have you know for me just buying a home real a year ago i would have never thought never it was just it was like nope that that can't happen it's not going to happen and just having this like contentious relationship to even the idea of having a home and feeling like that's such a privilege and it is it is a privilege and it shouldn't be (laughs) Uh 
we should we should at the very least be feel like we can live in the types of homes that we want and that we choose with enough space for us to you know the space that we want you know like i don't know i think about you know the privilege of being able to buy a home in the middle of a of a time where a lot of people you know are going through a lot of economic strife and you know last year we weren't didn't have to pay our student loans we're still not paying our student loans which is so fucking amazing yeah you know we were on unemployment in the summer so we were getting the, that extra stipend and i remember at some point feeling guilty like oh wow like people are losing their jobs and here i am like making more and feeling guilty and i was like wait I think that's mm. what capitalism convinces us to feel guilty. Well, the best of us. That we're in competition with other people, basically. That we're in competition mm -hmm. and that um, that we have to work hard to get our basic needs met. Instead of saying, when I was looking at, okay, I was, I was um, teaching seven classes in the fall and so I was getting obviously paid a lot more. And I was like, oh, a lot of people are losing their jobs and here I am taking on more work and getting paid more. I was like, wait, no, I'm barely getting paid what I deserve to teach these fucking seven classes. Totally. And so we're getting paid unemployment in the summer and we got that extra stipend. That's basic, that barely covers our basic needs for survival, yeah. you know, especially living in California. Like we have just been so convinced that we have to work extra hard to, mm -hmm. you know, to have these privileges of a home. And I'm like, no, like mm -hmm. having a home is actually going to put me in a better place to be able to do the work that I do out in the world, to, <sighs> to have the capacity to give to my communities, to have the capacity to be helpful to our students. Like, you know, it's the, it's the cup. It's the, what we pour from our overflow. Like, <laughs> Sonia Renee Taylor. Thank you, Sonia Renee Taylor. Yeah. I mean, that was life changing, right? To think like, oh, we're here trying to like pour from half empty cups. And she was like, no, 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 I don't give. I only give from overflow. And we were like, what? I mean, she was, yeah. she, she was um, a, you know, a speaker in our book club. And which, yeah, still, wow. But, um, and for her to say that, um, and the way she speaks. Yeah. And who, who she is, just, I mean, obviously, we keep quoting her. That's our major quote, you know, give, give from overflow. Um, and I love how what you're saying also ties into our conversation with Nethi and um, in our last Chisme session, right? That's so, so important, too, um, around um, being able to give from overflow into the people we love and into the communities we love, you know, um, and that that's how we actually create systemic change because we talk a lot about creating systemic change as if like i kept thinking it's there's some utopic future and i'm like wait no we can actually redistribute wealth mm -hmm. within ourselves right by mm -hmm. demanding what we're worth and then consciously putting that back into our communities right and which i think mm -hmm. you know for anyone who is invested in our work you you can know that that's what we're doing. We've been able to then go back and reinvest it. You know, we exactly. hired an accountant that is a Latina, right? Um, we hired a VA that is a, a, a virtual assistant that is a woman of color, right? Like we're very... <laughs>
Penai, she's Penai, <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of in the Philippines, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think... And then we also invest in Esoteric Essen. Then we also invest in, I mean, we just, it goes Carolina, you know, Chris, uh, like, oh, like we're just really able to give back into that. So, yeah, please know when you invest in us, it's like, it allows us to give back, you know, to give and in. It allows us to divest from. Yes. Like, we talk about a lot, like, oh, we need to divest from these things, but how can we do that if we are pouring from a half empty cup what how right. can we do that if we're living in scarcity and so in this way in the ways that we're welcoming in abundance then we're able to better divest from amazon we're better able to divest <sighs> from you know these big corporate companies and put back into into our communities and and create the systems that you know are going to be more sustainable than than capitalism can ever be I want to name something that we talked about um, before, which was we're making you and I, I think, I think we're in this together, the most money that we've ever made, like in our life. And I was like, oh, I'm making lots of money. I mean, this is from teaching. I mean, this is we've been in school for F and ever. So, <laughs> um, And then I just got this reality check that, oh, no, that's just the minimum for being able to you know, to buy a house or to basically to be an adult, you know, in, um, in our world. Yeah. Yeah. That's for, as, for as much money as we're bringing in right now, it's still pennies. Compared to, <laughs> but, you know, um, and, and, and that's why it's not, to say, you know, I think the lesson is to say that like, um, what, we're making is what we actually deserve right it's not yeah we, yeah we it feels yeah. abundant because we haven't made this before but this is what we've always deserved to make because that is what we're truly worth that is what our labor is truly <laughs> worth in the quote-unquote mm -hmm. marketplace you know but yeah again all those all the you know oppressive systems convince us that if we <sighs> In order to make that much money, we either have to A, work harder, B, you know, be mm -hmm. a man, right? Like, there's all these different mm -hmm. standards that work. Or C, go into debt. Just take out more money. Take out, you know, that's not really deserved to you. Like, I was thinking about, um, if I can mention the hazard pay, you know, that's come uh -huh. into our lives, uh -huh. which is, uh, I still feel, I'm like, is that a loan? Is that, like, something that, you know, like, <laughs> we have to, we, I, you know. I, my brother and I talked about it yesterday. He got it too. So it, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's name that too. So we got, um, well, I got a check. I know. I'm like, how's your pay? Where are you? <laughs> so because um, so, I teach at the, at the community college and my brother teaches at the community college. So we're talking yesterday and how we got, all of a sudden we got this extra money and we're like, what is this? And we looked and it said, you know, COVID-19 disbursement. And yeah, essentially it's hazard pay. And again, I had it had me going into like, oh, you know, I, you know, a capitalist might say, oh, you got free money. And I'm like, no, I didn't get free money. It, you know, yeah, I, I, like a thousand dollars, an extra for me, I got a thousand dollars right on a paycheck. Like an extra thousand dollars is 
And actually, so my brother and I figured it out because he only got 500 because he only worked at the community college in the fall. He didn't work at the community college in the spring. It was 500 per semester. Per oh, semester. interesting. So an extra $500 mm -hmm. a semester is nothing. No, no. Yeah. We put into and the the empathy that we've given our students over the last few semesters starting in <laughs> of 2020 and the, that extra the extra labor and emotional labor it requires to when students email us with oh i'm sick or i'm taking i'm in charge of taking care of younger siblings all this stuff or my parent died or my you know like and i got almost kicked out you know like my landlord just said they could kick me out while that happened you know like yeah no no and for us <laughs> As to say, we understand we'll get yeah. an extension or let's work out an, an, a different situation. Yeah, that's what we're getting paid that extra money. That's what the fucking hazard yeah. comes in for is having to do that extra emotional labor. And we would, of course, we would do it no matter what, because that's who we are. But we should be getting, you know, if, if we're going to value work, in a capitalist system mm -hmm. and all work, including emotional and domestic labor should get its proper value. Yeah, um, two things. The other, you know, one I think I already mentioned in another episode, but uh, uh, one of my students called me the day after she gave birth and oh, said, yeah. can I have an extension? It's like, oh, please. Yes, 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 yes. Do not worry, go back and enjoy, you know, I couldn't believe, Anyways, mm -hmm. that's the world we live in. I've, that I've is the world that. we live in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've had that before, like where I've gotten calls from, you know, hospital beds or emails from hospital beds. I literally at the beginning of the semester have to say, do not call me from your hospital bed. Yeah, that's good. Do not call me after you give birth. You, I mean, I can congratulate, call me, call me to congratulate you or yeah. whatever, but, yeah. but, but I do not, you're good you're good we're gonna work it out you know you don't we you know need to to work. but i also yeah. think that that's i imagine that they have other professors who are much more harsh exactly these types of things and so it's like a trauma response when they do that and i'm i keep i would do it too like nah don't even yeah you know, yeah i mean and anyway. i thought them say like i'm my anxiety you know i need to know and i was like well good i'm here to let you know you're good, you know, you're good. But I will say uh, the other thing that your um, words made me think of was charity versus justice. So in a capitalist society, they're like, hey, you're doing, having a hard time, you know, it's COVID, we'll give you some charity, you know, some money. And then, and then sometimes you gotta pay that back and sometimes you don't, but it's a gift. Taxes on it, yeah. It's like fucking Batman giving, you know, his money to like, you know, um, yeah, yeah, no, that he, that they caused, you know, he caused. So that's not, that's not charity. This is, this is justice. This is like, you know, what is just, and actually it's not even that just, it's just, it's pennies, <laughs> right? It's just, it's, it's so simple, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And I'm like, all of that leads us back to our, our <laughs> home, right? And how we're defining home. And I think that so, I mean, I think it's important to name that, you know, for me, buying this home has, you know, even though I'm in the thick of creating that home right now still, yeah. <laughs> and there's a yeah. lot of instability at the moment, there's still, you know, this sense of like, I will have this, you know, place of rest, you know, and, um, and it, and it gives me like the freedom to, to imagine like, oh, now, you know, now that I have this home, now that I have a stable 
place, you know, it, it gives me some sense of freedom and what I can do. I will say that it's interesting. So uh, at the Cal States, we're going back. Well, we're not going back 100% in the fall, but um, I am teaching a, a hybrid course that will oh in person. And I was like, oh, my God, that means I have to go back to my commute. Right. And I and I thought about <sighs> the whole year and a half that I didn't have to commute and how freeing that felt to I not have that type of exhaustion, you know, and um, I mean, break it down. How, much, how long is your commute to L.A., Cal State L.A.? Like, well, it depends. So if I have to be there early, it's an hour because there's early traffic sometimes. OK, basically an hour there and an hour back. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, two and, hours of our day. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's if it's in the afternoon. It could even be up to like an hour and a half, depending right. on to get back. And so totally. and it, it was just so it was very very stressful, and I'm like not looking forward to that at all. And yeah. so you know, and so I think you know there was this freedom of working from home, but also like I was you know, we, we lived in the, in a two bedroom where I didn't have, like, I had a, a very tiny designated space, you know, for, mm-hmm. and so that was part of the motivation of, of getting a bigger house, what, you know, mm-hmm. we at some point deciding renting or buying, and we ended up leaning towards buying, and so, you know, I, I'm gonna have this office, and so we have a three bedroom home, and everybody's like, oh, the boys are each gonna have a room, and I was like, no, that's my office and then I start to like second guess myself and be like oh maybe I should give that room to the cruise and maybe you know my kitchen and I was like wait I worked my whole fucking life yeah and I am gonna continue to be working from home our businesses has us you know working from home so I need a I need a room and I'm not and that's what I keep I'm really trying to release the guilt about that. Like as a mother, I should be self-sacrificial and, you know, giving it to my children. First of all, they have a room, a shared room yeah. that's bigger than they yeah. had before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're we're going to build them a tree house. So they'll have this other, little, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to feel guilty for, I know for creating my own space in my own home. And I think that that's, Uh, that's something that I've been really grappling with in, in that, like, as a mother, as a woman, somehow my home is this like home for my children versus for other people, but not for yourself, but not for me. And I'm like, no, 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 this is, and it's not to say, you know, I made sure that we had a garage so Tommy could have his gym slash office. (laughs) The boys are getting the room. And like I said, I'm like, a treehouse, yes, I know. Yes, they're really like excited, about it. and I was like, yes, that that everyone yeah. gets what they want, and without having to anyone having to sacrifice, right? I you know. Uh, so what this is bringing up to me, pre-COVID, I bought a house and I couldn't buy it by myself, and I and I so I made I made a lot of concessions. I feel like I really bent over backwards, and I had my own room for the first time in my life. And then um, with COVID, I had to leave it, um, among other things, family, trauma, drama. And um, so I miss, I miss that room 
that was mine. I miss it mostly more than anything else, right? Um, and I look forward to creating that again. And now I am in the midst of working to buy something else. And I qualify by myself this time. But I would not qualify for a house in California. You know, like, I only qualify in houses, like, pretty much outside of, you know, where, I, where my family is and where you are, you know. Um, it still feels really good, but it, there are also more concessions, you know, more more things to kind of to work through with that. Um, but it still feels good. And I wouldn't have been able to do that again, like you said, without the um, uh, forbearance, the COVID forbearance for the student loans, without the stipends and the um, unemployment. It's it's real. You know, those are the things that make it so that um, so that it's possible. Um, and say for you, mm -hmm. like right now you're living on a boat and I know that that was like a dream for you for a really long time. And I think, yeah, like, I don't know, living a certain way. This is the first time I've had a house of my own and it's on a boat. So it's also that too, right? It's like, how do I get a place that's mine if I can't afford a house? You know, if I don't qualify, if my debt to income ratio, blah, 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 you know, yeah. because I make pennies in, in, in the house buying world, you know, like, right. how do I, and this was kind of my space. Thankfully, I like to be minimalist and also like to be like on the water and, you know, that ninth house placement too around travel. But otherwise, I mean, it's, it's still... I don't know. It's it's a dream, but it's also like a survival. It's like a there's a survival in this boat that's different than I think having been on a piece of land, right? I mean, making an investment, generational wealth. That's all very different than 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 living in my boat, you know. Um, and I think it's what I really appreciate because you know we have other folks in our community who you know are you know, maybe living in an RV and, you know, living different, creating home in different ways. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's also the biggest lesson I've, you know, learned is being able to have the freedom to create the kind of homes that we want. Mm -hmm. without, um, and that that's not a luxury. That should, again, be a very basic you know, human thing that we have access to is being able to create the kind of homes that we want. And, and not like, I appreciate you saying, you know, when you bought the home in your hometown, there was like outside pressures. And now when you're, you know, buying this home, <laughs> this new home, I mean, I can see a big, huge difference in your, your attitude yeah. and your demeanor and your like, um, approach to it all I just am like oh she's much more excited this time around and I think you know it's yeah it's interesting it was definitely like me in survival mode and Whittier I was like I gotta get this I gotta do it you know like my I gotta provide for my family I gotta you know like I don't know I need and I need to do it with my family yeah. <laughs> well you know you know this feeling you know um yeah. It's in a certain way. I think it's very, I think your circumstances are like completely different, you know, in so many ways. But um, 
this does feel very different and I'm kind of holding it. Like it's kind of this, like a holding sacred thing. I haven't told many people and I was talking about it publicly. Like this feels, feels good, but I, but it, but it's almost like I had to keep it safe from uh, ways of thinking that would really like go to scarcity, you know, and stuff like that. And, and how that triggers my own scarcity and things like that. Um, I will say too, there are so many things in place. You're talking about RVs and we're talking about boats and, you know, buying land and buying like a mobile homes or like uh, manufacturer homes. There are so many rules in place that keep people from doing these things, right? If you can't get a loan for our land, you, so you have to have a hundred grand or um, whatever. You have to have lots of money to buy land, like straight up, you know, you can't get a a loan for a boat. You can't get a loan for an RV unless they're new and they're really expensive, right? Yeah. Many lenders won't give you a loan for a manufactured home, a mobile home, um, you know, any kind of, yeah. um, and so, and, and then once maybe you get, you get a lender to do those things or you get one of these things, getting insurance then is another like kind of issue where I just think there's a lot in place where capitalism through home, which is mm-hmm. such a visceral and need and birthright, right? They have constructed things like uh, escrow <laughs> and real estate agents. And I, I want to bless them in my life. Thank you for helping me. But it is a shit show. It is like, it's meant, it's all about money. And um, it is, it is non-nurturing. It is the opposite. It is there, you know, and, and we're talking about home. We're talking about a place to just be safe yeah. and warm. And, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hoops. There's a lot of gatekeeping. I mean, I mean, we can go on and on, right? Because we know the history of like redlining and even the ways that communities were created and built, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I moved to Lakewood and Lakewood was one of those like manufactured cities that was created to like, basically keep white people away from like people of color, right? Like, you know, it's, it, and I mean, and it's hard not to have these cities have that history, you know, um, and, but, you know, thinking about, yeah, from the very inception of the way property is part of capitalism, mm-hmm. right, and the way mm-hmm. having land and having a home, I mean, God, when I was going through the process of buying a home and all the financial, like, I was like, they wanted every last document you know, piece of documentation of the non-existent money that I, (laughs) you know, I was like, do you need my DNA? Like, what else can you possibly ask for? You know, and, and like, I'm going to be in debt to these, you know, to these lenders. It's not like I'm getting free money, you know, it's like, I'm going to be in debt to them for a long, a really long time. Having done this before, I bet you it's kind of like giving birth again. I've thought about like maybe nice to give birth again because I now know like all the different things. And so buying this, of doing that process again, that lender process where they're like, give us this, give us this. I'm like, well, okay, I'll go, I'll go look for that. I'll go find it. You know, I'll get that letter from my, you know, chair, you know, I'll do. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's so much. And I mean, I, you know, for any, I mean, 
I know that there's a lot of people who have a sense of the real estate market right now, but it is so cutthroat. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like Tommy and I barely were able to kind of get in at a good time because it's getting worse. Literally, I was just reading something and it said that the housing market goes up a dollar every minute or some crazy shit like that. Oh. Like it is just going, it's astronomically like growing and and yeah it was it was an emotional roller coaster just putting in offers and getting rejected and knowing that you're getting rejected because you don't have the same kind of yeah financial you know foundation i've been thinking about getting um or like the i think this is a good idea i don't think this exists but maybe it does but we need like buying home doulas or something like that we need like because also there's so much legal lease and i'm i'm okay with you know having come from academic ease you know just being like okay yeah this doesn't make sense you just need to tell me in like playing terms you know like and they're like oh no you should just understand it was like no this is like latin or something like that and 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 i speak i speak the you know the common language when it comes to you know yeah like i i feel like sometimes people are like oh like i was feeling sometimes people want it to downplay things or want it to like beat around the bush and i was like just fucking tell me like just (laughs) i say i was the opposite i was like give me the the jargon and I'll I, I'll figure it out but well, next so, time I'm gonna email you that paperwork <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I don't like the like oh well I'm like just give it to me fucking straightforward and I'll figure yeah. it out like I don't need the you know flowery and I'm sure because there's a lot of people like that who may not understand or you know and I was like just give it to me straight and I will I'll take it you know if it's yeah and it's a rejection I'll figure it the fuck out but like the only other thing I can compare it to is chemistry for me. Like when I took chemistry classes, I was like, I'm really smart. I know I'm really smart, but I don't get this. I even have a tutor. I don't get it. <laughs> you get really, chemistry? Yeah. <laughs> there must be something in my brain. It literally is just I like. Was, I was good at chemistry. My limit was physics. I oh, okay. could not get physics for the fucking life of me. So yeah, I, yeah. I get no, And I get it. You know, we all have, you know, ways our, our brain works. But I think that what we're trying to say is ultimately there's all of these barriers um, yeah. around buying a, buying a home, like just having a simple place to call home. right? That you can't be kicked out of, yeah. you know, like, like, yeah, that stability priceless and so if anyone out there wants to become like a home doula I don't know if that's a thing but I please give me credit give me credit give me credit (laughs) Um, (laughs) or come you can come and be on our and on St. Lunita or something like that you know we'd like to yeah come join our team (laughs) um yeah I think I think it's so interesting but you know it's like there's it's it's the it's the yes there's all these barriers and you know, how we've been able to navigate those systems to really um, create create the sense of home, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing about buying a home, buying property, having some actual physical space. But I think too, it's like, what is the type of home that we want to create? And I think that that extends out into other aspects, even the type of schooling that we want to give our kids, yeah. the type of 
educational system that we want our kids to be surrounded by, you know, the ways that we want them to be like, you know, for, for, you know, the I, I mean, for my kids, I see their school as an extension of home and I want, I need them to feel safe. I need them to feel stable. I need them to feel loved, seen, all of that kind of stuff. And that's been coming up for me a lot. <laughs> I mean, having, I, I mean, just briefly, this is why I'm buying this house um, because of where we're at. There's Jaguar has been going to this school, this forest school. It feels wonderful. Uh, I deeply miss Maple Village, you know, a lot. And I'm trying to kind of recreate that in a place where I can afford that, you know, afford it, you know. And um, so I'm, I am, I, I am, I am, part of me is buying this house just so he can go to this school, you know. Um, but, and because it's not just school, it is this community, right? It is an extension of, and I, and, and you and I, we met you know, in the same school of our kids in this environment, there is something in us and we haven't really explored it that we've explored it, but I'm interested, like it is a driving force for you and I, you know, to provide this, this creative, I mean, we have explored it a lot. Right. But like, there's something at the root of here. I'm like, what's in our natal chart, Renee? What was it? What was it that makes us want to send our kids to like this super creative, compassionate, complicated not not to not cool it's Mm -hmm. it's the experience of academia being academics and Mm. you know experiencing the full scope of of our education system and yes we were able to thrive and succeed within that system but we also i think recognize that there were times when we when it wasn't so like we had to really fight hard and we really abandoned some parts of ourselves that we are still trying to get back to. That's the part. That's that the part. is the part. We don't want our kids to have to do that shit. Yeah. And I think also <laughs> having kids that are male at, assigned male at birth, whatever, you know, like it's another level of that for us too. There's something deeply about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's that part. It's the, we, at this point in our lives can look back to our inner child and say, what parts did we abandon? What parts did we feel were stifled, were shut down and wanting our kids not to ever feel like they have to, to abandon parts of who they are, particularly, I think that that creative aspect, particularly because um, they're boys and the toxic masculinity is going to impact them no matter how much we fight it. It is the world that we live in. And so wanting to set them up in a way where they can stand firm in in who they are. Yeah. From this creative part, you know, um, and, and mm. like, you know, it's, it's tricky. Um, so I, I mean, I'll share that uh i mean i am in a in a in a season where both my kids are i don't want to say struggling they're just in in there's something happening and you know uh cruz my oldest was struggling reading and in the waldorf system different than traditional system traditional system would have told him a long time ago you can't read, there's something we need to like shove it down his throat. And so I didn't want that. On the other hand, Waldorf was like, oh, he'll figure it out eventually. My mother instinct was, just, my mother and educator instinct were like, 
uh, I don't know. I think that there is mm -hmm. beyond just developmental because that's what Waldorf is about, like meeting them where they're at developmentally, which I love. And I was like, oh, I think there might be something else. And so I took the I celebrate that. I wanted to celebrate that. Yeah. And you you did that. You listened to your intuition and you, you followed through. That was that's an important step. You know, I, and even when I think about it, I'm like, man, I was really on one because I had to be really, I, I had to take the initiative to get him a, an assessment, which was, it was interesting because even though my kids are at a private school, because we pay taxes in Long Beach, we're able to utilize the public school like assessment system, right? They're, um, um, anyway, so I was able to- and they're great. And there's, they have, they're supposed to be really great. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really, it was amazing. He, he did like two full days of assessment. And then they, you know, we scheduled this meeting where they had to give me the report. And essentially, it came out that he, you know, is dyslexic, which I, I, I had an inkling, I was like, I knew it wasn't like any other kind of other learning disability, you know, I, I was like, if it's anything, it's dyslexia one, because it runs in the family, my brother's dyslexic, he was diagnosed around that same age. And I could just kind of, I just had a sense. I just had a sense of if yeah. it's anything, it's that. And so when they told me, I was not shocked. Mm -hmm. A lot of information to take in because, mm -hmm. thought, mm -hmm. okay, you know, these kinds of accommodations can be made and teacher. And, mm -hmm. um, and then we had to talk to him about it. And that was a little tricky because he didn't quite know how to digest it you know he was getting a little like antsy about it and kind of it felt like he was saying he didn't want to be different you know he wanted and and that's another topic that we're gonna I don't know if we can cover that yeah. today we want I think I want to come back to that conversation about uh, um the binary that's in that in that yeah. system to that you you're kind of um another binary in our life that we're just like, no, we're going to take yeah. down that binary. It's not like different and normal. There are so many differences. Like right. there's so much uniqueness. We're all. Yeah. And that's what I kept trying to emphasize to him is like, no, we all just have different. We're all different. Like we all have different ways of doing things. And, and I, and I was trying to be even very transparent and saying like, we live in a world that makes us think that there's only one way of doing things, but I'm here to tell you that I'm going to advocate you know, for, and, and his teacher was on board, the principal, like everybody was on board and, and, and they did kept saying like, thank you for, you know, ad advocating for him. And I was like, oh, pat myself on the back for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was also a relief because it was like, oh, now we know what we're dealing with. Now we can have a uh -huh. better sense of how to approach the situation and also not be frustrated because so then when I put Cruz and Santos into the dynamic, Santos is having on the other end behavioral stuff and what we're and we're trying to get to the root cause of that because I'm not about like kids are acting out just because they're not, you yeah. know, people want to talk about, oh, some kids are just whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't believe that. I believe there there's root cause and we need to just figure it out. We were able to figure out what the root cause of Cruz. So now we, we have a list of approaches that we can. Yeah utilize now we got to do the same thing with Santos you know Santos is it's coming out in his behavior and so we're like what we're kind of coming to the conclusion is there's some sensory things there's some um 
you know, emotional regulation things that are happening that he's not able to quite, you know, which also mm-hmm. are developmental, also are a byproduct of this fucking crazy year we've been in. Like all the changes, all the changes. There's a lot, and so again, trying to. I, I've been in conversation with Leslie. <laughs> Latinx parenting, we love you, Leslie. Yeah, love her so much. I texted her in like with tears and like I don't know, Santos. Like I don't know what's going on. And, she yeah. Was like very. She was like very reassuring, and she even checked in with me the other day. She's like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "Well, we're trying this and this and this." And she's like, "They're very lucky to have you as a mama." And I was like, "Oh yes, thank you." <laughs> and oh. I think that's what I have. To, I I was like, "Oh, that's what I needed to hear." Because again, I wasn't looking approaching Santos with this like, "Oh, we need to punish him because he's acting out at school." It was like he actually needs more empathy he's a very sensitive kid and so you know I had to like really be much more intentional about is he resting is he eating you know if you know we've been having a lot of stuff we know we've been moving there's all this stuff so is he does he have a space to express his emotions in a healthy way and so you know then we're looking into like a lot of sensory things that maybe he could play with that could help him release those emotions you know Mm -hmm. in a way that's not towards other people or uh, his friends you know those Mm -hmm. kinds of things and um and so it's and and so then when the two you know there's santos with his stuff and chris with his stuff and when they're together they trigger each other yeah santos's coping mechanism is to (laughs) so like either when he's eating or when he's playing it's an emotional regulation thing right yeah himself but it drives Cruz mad because yeah Cruz because of his dyslexia needs like silence to concentrate and so (laughs) the auditory distraction literally distracts his brain and he cannot oh I'm glad you're naming these things I love Love it. Actually, um, I, you know, earlier on, no one can see me in this, you know, in the podcast, but I, I've been like kind of moving back and forth, like swaying. And I, I do that. And it's, you know, I know, I know it's helpful, but I think I, I imagine that actually yeah. is not helpful for some people. They're like, sit down, settle down. And, you know, and I'm like, I, I am, I'm just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so like, we recently had um, an incident where that was happening, where Cruz was getting frustrated at Santos. Santos gets frustrated, so Hums more. And it's like this, like, back and forth. And so previously, we would get mad at Cruz. I understood that it was a coping mechanism for Santos. Mm-hmm. And I would get frustrated with Cruz because I would say, I'm not going to have him stop because that's not fair. That's how he's regulating himself. Mm-hmm. But so now, now you I understand. Realize, oh, this is a, this literally is like Cruz, it's his own emotional regulation that he's like, I can't, he literally can't stand the the auditory distraction. And so <sighs> it was like, instead of getting mad at him and saying, oh, I hear that you don't, that you're getting frustrated because you want, are trying to concentrate. On yeah. What it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I'm like, what the fuck? So I was like, okay, we either need to put you in different rooms when this is happening, or I was like, Cruz, do you want noise canceling headphones? Like, what can we do? Yeah. 
yeah. to rather than get upset at you all for just being who you are and saying how can we oh. remedy it in a way that works for everybody you know but it was had i not had all this other information or been invested in it i would have just blamed them for acting out right quote unquote acting out i think you're an amazing mom and i want to say i want to say that speaks to it's a similar feeling you know where we were saying like you know we've done we do so much work to like call back you know our younger selves christina renee come on come out now you can come and be with us because of the wounds of academia or education and i think there's parts of us too that we had to like really abandon um with parents who did the best they could and yet didn't have those um have the abilities that you know the privileges that we have you know so for you to be able to say that i mean it's it's radical on a lot of levels and um and it's so so loving so loving mm -hmm. yeah. and I, and i think that for me at the end of the day it was i want them to know that at home we're gonna see them for who they are and and it brought me back to like, there was, you know, cause Cruz's teacher, or not Cruz, Santos's teacher was kind of like having, obviously feeling frustrated. And I think her and I were having miscommunication about, I was like, is she just like writing him off? Like what is happening? Like, I want to make sure that he's still being seen as a whole human being, not just for these moments where he's misbehaving. Yeah. And so I, I was like, again, in a moment of desperation, like, calling everybody and finally she sent me this text and said i and i see how it feels like i'm only um emphasizing when he's misbehaving but i want you to know that he's he adds a lot to the class he has a lot of gifts and i was oh like, good oh, i needed to hear that i needed to hear that from his teacher yeah to know that he was emotionally safe at school because there are cultural or racial differences, you know, at yes. play here too. And there's, so that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, exactly. We have to recognize, you know, that there's limitations and, um, you know, historically, you know, Mexican Latinx kids, totally boys, you know, are going to get written off in a certain way. And I, you know, and even though Santos is the most white passing of us all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's anyway, so it was still the mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. But and so once I knew that his teacher saw him, I would still wonder like if his name was Kevin or something like right. that. Like how would that how would that how would that impact the scenario of how he's being read, you know, too? I mean, there's all these different things. I think so I'm they so, yeah. Yeah. There's all these different things. But ultimately I was like, okay, if she sees him you know, then we can work, then I'm more able to work together to figure out like what, what his needs are. Um, mm -hmm. But again, like knowing when we talk about this idea of home, it's beyond just the physical space of mm -hmm. home, but knowing that there is a sense of safety for them out in the world, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that we're, yeah, mm -hmm. they're, I don't know, because we know the, the impact of toxic masculinity. We know the impacts of uh, patriarchy and whitewashing of, whitewashing. of, all of that stuff. I mean, we don't have to, yeah, we don't need, I mean, this week in the news, I think, oh, you know, God, yeah. so yeah, we know, 
I don't want to say we know too much. I think we know what we need to know to create some change in this generation. And we are not going to not do that. We're going to take, we're going to, you know, and stepping into a, the empowerment of being able to create safety and security in st stronger ways. And then when we were children is something that is just, we, it's imperative. It's like, you know, it's what we're going to do. And so, um, home. So like, I think of when we're talking about home, we're really talking about like personal, whether micro macro, you know, like global. And we are, we're doing the best we can at that center of that, um, space that we inhabit with our families to, for it to be, um, in line with our values. Right. Yeah. Um, and to be a place where, you know, in our, in our homes or in their bodies, in their presence with us, they can be their full selves, you know, in their home they can. And then if that can extend to like their schools, then by golly, we're gonna try it. Hello, Santos. <laughs> I see you. Hi. Your hair is getting very long. I totally like Mario. I just want to say super Mario hair. Love it. Uh-huh. Who's that? Is that the Tin Man? Who, who is that? Oh no. It's a golden person. It's a golden, oh, it's a golden person. Minifigure Lego. Love it's it. A it's a keychain. Got it. Got it. Thank you so much. So wonderful to, to see you. I miss your little voice. I miss I miss you. I do. I miss the school so much. Ah! <laughs> okay. It's okay. Yeah. Give me a few minutes, okay, Papa? Okay. Don't he could hear you. I know. He's so in tune, Renee. Say it again. Okay. Okay. Hey, Santos. Okay. Okay. So, thank you. Bye. Close the door, please. Um, I think that we should keep this and not edit it out because I feel like it's evidence. <laughs> it's evidence of our multi, you know, positions that positionality, but also. I feel like he is in tune, Renee. We've talked about this. He could hear himself. We were talking about him. Um, uh, I guess, so I, I, I want to share just briefly, you know, um, yeah, I've already said it before in our podcast, but having uh, someone assigned male at birth, someone with a, a penis, you know, like is really, and all of it is, is this, it's like a, a calling. It's a gift, you know, but it is a calling to to lean into more of a understanding of feminism and gender and sexuality that is just much more inclusive. And, and so, I mean, I'm learning a lot and, um, I, was I love this conversation with Tommy last night when I said something about, Oh, we're watching something. They're having a gender reveal and it went wrong. And we're like, you know, all these gender reveals have gone wrong. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just, you know, we're still, I still contend knowing that gender is a social construct, knowing the gender is non-binary, you know, but it's hard not to get sucked into, into the binarism of, of gender and, you know, feeling like, oh, you know, there's a part of me that wanted a daughter. Um, <laughs> and then coming back to, but now I wouldn't have it any other way because I think there is, like you said, there is a calling. There is something about being the mother of boys in... Uh, in a world that um, 
you know, wants them to perpetuate toxic masculinity. And we're really, really, really doing our best to be as conscientious about giving them alternatives, you know, mm-hmm. them other ways of being. And, and I think too, even when it comes to like sexuality and think, I've been thinking a lot about that too, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk of, you know, we're in pride month, right. And we're talking and we had our episode about yes, that. And I, yes, I keep thinking like, I just want them, I don't want them to feel like there's any hmm. around sexuality. Yeah. Like I want what we know of as queerness to just be yeah. the norm. I just the reality. To feel that they can explore their sexuality in whatever way. Yeah. I don't do a good job of that, but <laughs> well, I uh, wanted to speak to that briefly and just say we're doing um, I know you, you I love you always like Christy Rose always says, Christina always says, um, seven generations. And that, this is my reminder again, we are, you know, healing everything, yeah. you know, in this lifetime, we are just doing the best that we can. And, and I, and I, and I want to, to just celebrate that we, we are doing it, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that coming back around to this idea of home, because, I've often gotten asked, um, you know, no, people knowing what we do and saying, oh, how do we talk to family about like race or how do we talk to family about gender? How do we talk to family about all these things? <laughs> you know, and again, we recognize that we can do whatever we do and they're still going to be out in the world, you know, and live yeah. and, and be, have all these other influences. And for me, it's saying it's it's at the end of the day for my kids saying, Though, you know, the world is what it is, but at home, this is how we do it. And this is, you know, this is what we believe at home, you know, and also giving them the space to believe what they want to believe and, you know, be somewhat of critical thinkers. <laughs> I know he's back. I love it. Hi. Oh, I miss you. I really do. Um, We can't. We, yeah, that's it. I think, um... I feel very much in line with that. We can't control, you know, we can, we can, we do our best to create a home environment that allows for those conversations and those nuances. And for yeah. always, you can always talk to me. That's the thing. I mean, I want that to be just imprinted in his little heart, like their little hearts, like I am always here for you. There's nothing that you can say. Yeah. Please come back and talk to me, you know? And um, I, th- I hope that we're doing a good, good work yeah. there too, I you think- know? Yeah, I think it's it's that it's knowing, you know, they will be a hundred percent accepted no matter what, you know, and that, yeah, that that home is is their their place of refuge, you know, no yeah. matter what the world is gonna throw out them. Yeah, you know, that home will always, and, and again, that's that's beyond just the physical space, but the emotional space. Yes, the emotional space of home is like you can come home and you know, be whoever you want to be. And And I think that brings us back to the beginning needs versus wants, Renee, because literally in order to make that happen, having, um, I don't think you have to buy a home to do that. You don't have to own things. You know, that's, that's a BS message, but that's the world that we live in. You know, being able to have whatever that sovereignty over a space, you know, is a need so that we can create these safe spaces for our kids you know like 
and I think that's very much a part of reproductive justice as well, right? Reproductive yeah. justice saying that, you know, to have autonomy over our bodies and autom autonomy over, um, you know, and feeling safety in our communities, right? And mm -hmm. um, I think I'm like, what's there's there's a particular phrase that um, Sister Song talk like how they define reproductive justice and mm. you know, having safe communities is a part of that, you know, and having safe um, a safe yeah, a safe place to call home. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not that we have to compare it, but white people have had safe places to do their crazy ass shit for a really long time. Right. <laughs> to be their racist selves, you know, they've been able to, you know, go and find homes for that, you know. Can you imagine how much more creative we're going to be? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. This is going to be great. I am I'm, I'm happy for us and I want to celebrate it. And I um, I know we're still in the process. And so um, let's come back to this conversation, you know, later and just yeah. reflect on how far we've come, you know. But yeah. thank you. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. Thanks, Renee, for being such a wonderful presence in my life and still loving to have these conversations with me. Thanks. I love it. Thank you. Adios, everyone.